What's up, podcast world? Another episode. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you to everybody for being here. Thank you for all the downloads. Hope you all are enjoying the content, all the guests. Thank you for supporting all of our partners, all of our sponsors. We can't do it without them. We all know who the title sponsor is. That kind of goes with today's topic, today's conversation. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. And we do responsibly partake in adult beverages. A lot of adults do. If we didn't, the liquor industry and the beer industry would not be so lucrative as we all know that it is. I mean, look what George Clooney did. Look what Ryan Reynolds is doing. Look what so many iconic brands have done in the liquor industry. That's proof in the pudding that people are enjoying cocktails. Hopefully we do it in moderation. Hopefully we do it responsibly. That's what Jack Daniel promotes. Never allow underage drinking. And I do partake in some Jack Daniels every once in a while. We celebrate at duck camp. We have some summertime parties. And that's why training is so important to me. There's got to be some type of balance. I can't sit idle. I honestly had a conversation with one of my good friends, one of my closest friends just last night about how my psyche goes in the tank when I don't have a routine going. I don't consistently get a sweat going, a burn, just that feeling of treating your body like a temple, putting good food into it, putting the right amount of water and hydration into it, the right amount of sleep. As I get into my mid forties, I've learned so much how important sleep is and how we've taken that for granted our whole life and how we burn the candle at both ends. But all of this is going to go into hopefully having a very healthy latter part in life from our 40s and 50s to 60s and 70s to 80s. I know several individuals that I hunt with that are in their 80s that you would never know it. And that's because they work out, they take care of their bodies. And again, God plays a big role in that. Genetics play a big role in that. I get it. But I love working out. And that's why I have Rob, the man from Triple S, Sierra Strength and Speed, right here in the Reno, Nevada, Sparks, Nevada area, Truckee Meadows, Washoe County. Rob, welcome Thank to the show. Thank you very much. What's going on? Nothing. Nothing. I um, agree with you. You, uh, you, you kind of have kind of heard my spiel there. Correct. I've been pretty here. You can lean back. You don't have to okay. be, You can take all that right. mic with you. We're good. You're all good. Um I've been very transparent with you that I don't, I mean, I don't want to walk into your gym and be like, Hey, I live this lifestyle of purity. Like I don't eat carbs or I don't partake in alcohol consumption once in a while. My alcohol consumption is probably considered by many too frequent. And I admit it by this lifestyle, you have to be very disciplined not to do it because it's always welcoming. It's always readily available. Um, I, I try to be as honest with you can about my diet and how I work out to be able to enjoy biscuits and gravy in Arkansas mm-hmm. or a nice ribeye at the Fifth Street Steakhouse or American Almond Beef or wherever we're at. Um, you are pretty honest too about you like to eat. Totally. You like to fuel your body. Um, sometimes there are meals that might not be as necessarily deemed appropriate for a for a lifestyle that you want to partake in. But I think that that's why I like you the most is that you don't try to, to promote yourself as this guy that doesn't eat carbs or yep. doesn't eat a fried fish walleye once in a while yep. or a big, big, you know, steak with a baked potato once in a while. 
Um, give me just your your view of all of your experience of working with you know D one athletes and professional athletes and seeing all these athletes, male and female, go to the next level. You start training kids as early as you know they're eight, nine, ten years old yep. in a way that is is suited for them. But just give our audience and myself a little rundown of your philosophy of food intake and why it's okay not to be perfect all the time. Totally. So. My background, Chaz, I've been doing it for 35 years. So I've been going at it since before I was 18. And I uh, actually started off early reading men's fitness cover to cover when I was like 12. And, you know, there's a lot of shit out there, right? Some people will say, oh, you know, it's got to be organic. Well, the organic farm is two doors down from the non-organic farm and they're getting sprayed and they're getting all this stuff that's coming from the non-organic. So I just try and be real with people. And, and I have, at 53 now, I have seven kids in my family between my wife and I. Seven kids. I, I do a pretty hard schedule, but I've worked with all kinds of people. And in that, I find it's just best to be real with people. And so, therefore, do you have to eat every day at 11 and not again until 3 and be on a schedule like that? It's not doable when you have kids, a job a life playing sports, you know, you're, you're restricted by, you know, if you're college and you're traveling on a bus, Oh, Hey, you may not eat at 11. So certain things out there are real, whether you're traveling, staying up late, you know, you just have to adapt. And what you want to do is be good most of the time so that when you have a bad day or whatever, it doesn't affect you a lot, whether you're playing a sport or working, you know, you want to, you want those shifts in, and time or whatever to, to just be a small blip in the radar so you don't really get affected by, you know, oh, I didn't eat at 11, it's gonna throw my game off. I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to hit today. You know, that's too crazy for me. Do you live by the analogy that something is better than nothing? Meaning that if I'm hungry and all I have access to is let's say it's the worst of the worst. Let's say it's a bag of Doritos or a Kit Kat bar. Is it okay to put some of that into your body knowing that you're going to be active? Um, you know, is, is something better than nothing when you start talking about fueling the body? Definitely. I, I think especially when we look at our kids, you know, I'll get kids that come in and, and didn't eat a great breakfast and maybe for some reason didn't eat a great lunch and then they want to perform. I'm like, I don't care if you eat a Pop-Tart, if you eat some, you need some fuel to do what your body needs to do. Now, as we go, then I want to start to get them eating the, the right things. But definitely, if it's something like that, or you get stuck on the road and, and, and you've got to just have the gas station stop and get something, maybe you can get some nuts or something that isn't too bad. But yeah, I, I mean, if you need some food to fuel, then then we're good. And then we can figure it out from there. I, I agree. you got to stay want, fueled. I'm, I'm 47 years old and I okay. want an eight pack. And I, okay. want, I want aesthetically to take off my shirt and be like, oh my gosh. Okay. The further I, the more I work out, the more I live this life that I, that I live and enjoy, mm -hmm. I know for a fact that I will never have that eight pack. Could I, I think I could, if I worked out and I was in the gym six hours a day, like a UFC fire might be that I had a nutritionist traveling with me all the time to watch my, totally. my, my carb intake, my caloric intake, my micros, my macros, everything that goes into your protein levels totally. and, and your saturated fats and all of the triglycerides and everything in your body. There's also testosterone replacement therapy, TRT. I've been very open with you. I want to do it, but I don't have the guts to do it. I've been told mm -hmm. not to do it. There's HGH that you can do. There's anabolic steroids that you can do to get this. How realistic is it somebody your age or my age taking off our shirt, putting our 
hands behind our head and doing that universal uh, bodybuilding pose with one foot out and being like, oh my gosh, I really can see my eight pack of abs. Can you do that with my lifestyle and my, my genetics and my, my diet intake and everything that I'm, that I'm partaking in? We would have to change some things, right? A I lot mean, though, I mean, right? Drastically. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to get there, you're going to have to make a commitment and it's going to have to be on all sides. It's going to have to be the workout. It's going to have to be the, the recovery, the sleep, the routine there. And it's going to have to be the nutrition. It's going to have to be all three. Can you go away for two weeks or a month on a hunt and not follow that and come back and do it? No, no, it's, it's, can you drink that alcohol wouldn't be and get realistic? There? What's that? Can you drink alcohol and get there? Very little. See, so very like, little. I al- mean, alcohol is terrible for the body in many ways, meaning it that it's high in sugar. A lot of it. Correct. It's cal- calorie filled. Correct. It's a depressant that slows down your metabolism. Correct. It dehydrates you. Dehydrator. So yep. there's no, there's no benefit of no. actually putting it's, in your body, except if you want to have an eight pack of abs. Correct. I mean, it, we all know it's not the best thing for us, right? But, but in moderation, it's, it can be good. But, but yes, if you really wanted to be on that fitness style, if you wanted to be a pro athlete who's playing day to day, that's going to have to be very low, you know, in terms of what you're taking in because of all the things you said. It's dehydrating you. It's not helping you recover or get good sleep. It's breaking down your muscles. So it's, it's catabolic high in sugar, you know, so, so there's nothing positive that you're getting out of it, except maybe getting away from a little bit of your stress and your, your, you know, reality world. I'm giving you a personality. It gives you a personality, doesn't it? That's what <laughs> I don't I think you need it for personality chat. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, when you, when you start when, along that same line of questioning, Rob, Sierra strength and speed is you personally as a trainer, do you have those goals anymore? You said you're 53 years old. Mm-hmm. Do you have goals of the yeah. eight pack and um, aesthetically, or are you more so of, I want to, I want to have a good balance of family and life and fun. Yep. I'm going to have a steak once in a while, like we talked about, or I'm going to have a, a meal that might not necessarily agree to me being a realistic trainer and looking like you're in shape, you can perform, you can do the jump roping, mm-hmm. you can do the planks, you can do the ju- box jumps, you can do everything that you can at 53. You're a very active person. You play handball, you play all, t- whatever the sports you're playing are. Um, does it matter to you aesthetically? And I want you to also add into your answer vanity. I'm very mm-hmm. vain seeing myself on TV. Mm-hmm. So like when I look in the mirror and I look like if I, like right now I have a little bit of a double chin because I've been off of my routine. I freaking hate it. It makes me want to punch myself. But then Mm -hmm. I go, wait a minute. I did all that to myself. Realistically, I can't blame anybody but myself because I was at Snow Goose Camp. I was at Turkey Camp. I was at this event in South Carolina. I was here. Either I start saying no to the living life Mm -hmm. and accept it. I get more disciplined on the road Mm -hmm. and maybe wake up a little earlier and go to the hotel gym Mm -hmm. because that's out there. Take your training program on the road with me and use a TRX band and do all Mm -hmm. that. Any, everybody can get there and yeah. stay stay as, as as on their routine as much yeah. as they possibly can. But how, what does vanity do to you? What does realistic uh, expectations do to you personally when you're in the gym every day and you're trying to promote this lifestyle of muscle, being in shape, mm-hmm. recovery, uh, all, everything that goes into to, to training at your gym? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions there. It is because I got I, I got a lot of thoughts going on about yeah. like where wh- where you like when you start to present that workout to your clientele, do you want them to look at you like this walking image of health all the time? How does that work in a trainer's mind? 
Yes. So, so my goal, the, the whole time, my goal has been to be able to do what I'm asking my client to do. Now, that being said, there's definitely a few workouts that I'm like, holy crap, I, uh, that one would have kicked my ass, right? So I think for me, um, I'm a little more on the other side, Chad. I want to feel good. I want to move good. I want to be able to do what I'm doing until I'm 80. I want to ski behind a boat at 36 miles an hour when I'm 80. I, I do. That's just one of my goals. Right now, do I think I can do it? I, I'm pretty sure I will be able to if I keep it up, right? Jack LaLanne just was one of those guys who just kept moving, kept his, kept his fitness base at a certain level that he could do those things, and that's where I'm at. Vanity is a big part of it, you know? So I'm not a huge vanity guy, and I fluct- my weight fluctuates by 10 pounds. If it gets more than 10, I'm like, that's it, stop, backtrack. And if I get down to my goal weight or pretty close, then I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm not so much of a vanity guy personally. I'm, I'm more of that realist that, that, hey, I want you to feel better. I want you to move better. I want you to get good sleep. I want you to be productive. So that's my goal with my clients. However, I have a lot who want to look good in the mirror naked, right? I mean, that's, that's one of their goals. Now, to get there, they're going to have to do some work, right? So, so we have to be real about you're going to have to eat the right foods. You're going to have to do this. So can we do both? Can we have both? Yes. We just got to find that balance, right? We got to have that balance and go, okay, I'm 15 pounds heavier than where I want to be. I got to cut this shit back and dial it back a little bit. And if I get in that seven, eight pound range heavier than I want to be, then I look pretty close, right? May not, may not have the eight pack abs, but I got a couple abs on top, little, you know, a little extra, but at 53 or 48, people are like, shit, you look pretty good. You know? So sometimes we're, who's our hardest critic? We are, we are. Yeah. you know, so sometimes you take off your shirt and you're like, fuck, I, this is fatter than I want to be. But your, your people around you, you know, sometimes are like, damn, you look good. What have you been doing? So I, I think we've got to be, you know, sometimes that stress that we put on ourselves isn't great either. So we got to find that happy medium or that, that good place where it's like, okay, I can still do this and I'm looking pretty good. And, and guess what? I can still, you know, bust out 35 push-ups in a row, or I can do eight to 10 pull-ups. I mean, those are things that not everybody at 45 can do. When you start looking at the people that you train in there, you know, like when I come in early and I see some of the people in your class, mm-hmm. <clears throat> all different age ranges, yep. all different body types, men and women. In your experience, how have you seen the mental part, the psyche part of this game of aging, Mm-hmm. not being able to control like the way your body starts to behave or react to foods or react to not maybe working out as hard as you once were. Mm-hmm. Do you see, do you see like mental part of where this working out helps people in that, whether it's depression or the darkness, because mm-hmm. like I've talked to you about several people that I think if they got in the gym and they just spent that 60 minutes doing that, that it would change their life. Like if they yep. dedicated, like I'm going to get moving. And I also want you to talk about how do people go through life and not do it? Because when I don't do it for two days in a row, I honestly feel like something's missing to where I don't like we, it's no secret that we have an obesity problem in this country. I think like almost 50% <laughs> of our country or more is obese, brutal. even childhood obesity, brutal. How does, how does, how does, have you seen that? Like when you like take, let's take a lady in one of your classes. I don't know mm-hmm. any of them personally, but mm-hmm. have you seen it to where they're like, 
I can do this. I can, my, my mental health is better because mm-hmm. I'm putting in the time to come in here. And it's not just a chore to go in there to where they're like, gosh, damn, I don't want to be in the gym today. Yeah. Cause a big part of it to me is mental to, totally. that, that helps me be healthier in my everyday life. Yeah, no, huge. It's a huge part of, of just us. I mean, we're, we're made to move, right? And how many people, whether it's a driving job or a computer job or uh you know, I mean, most of our jobs have been made easier through technology. The downside is we're not doing anything. I, I used to love out in Washoe Valley, they had a cattleman's and they had a big poster on the wall that was three guys standing around a big ass tree trunk that they were probably getting ready to cut down. None of them overweight, out of shape. They brought their own lunch. You know, you can see the lunch pail sitting there. And these guys were just ready to go to work and they did their thing and they were probably pretty physically active, pretty tough. And, and none of them were overweight. You're right. We got a problem. It's a major problem. And and really what I tell my guys that work with me is one of the things you don't get in school, you don't get any of the psychology stuff. So I try and tell my guys, listen to your people, you know, see what they need, see what, see what their goals are. But when you say about, when you talk, Chad, about feeling better and moving, I had a guy this morning, he's like, he's like, I feel better after just being here for 15 minutes, you know, so for, I haven't seen him. It's Wednesday. I haven't seen him this yet this week. And probably the last four days, he's been sitting at the computer doing his job, not moving a lot, just getting his blood flowing, getting moving, stretching a little bit, getting the muscles active. All of a sudden you get the blood flowing. It's in his brain. And he, he felt better right away. I think the people going to your question, the people who don't ever move, I think they're afraid to move. They're going to be sore the first couple times they move, but they don't know how sore they are from sitting all day. I, I tell people this all the time. The most sore I've been in the last 10 years is going to a conference where I had to sit in a chair all day. It was the worst thing ever. I was like, I got up the next day, my back and legs were more sore than if I had done 12 sets of squats. You know, I was like, this is kicking my ass just sitting around. Um, so I think some people are just afraid to move, Chad. And, and I don't know what their mentality is. It's got to be bad. You know, they never move. Then they complain that they don't sleep. Well, yeah, because you didn't burn a calorie all day. Your body's been in rest mode, you know, for the last however long. Of course, you didn't sleep. It, it wants to move, not lay down. And and then, of course, they're putting on the weight. The heavier they get, the less they want to move. I mean, it's that bad cycle. And, you know, talking about paying for it, we're all paying for it, right? One of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because um, – you know, going back to the word vanity or being vain and perception of there's things that go through our psyche of, I feel like an athlete Mm -hmm. and I feel like I can hit a baseball. Mm -hmm. But then I showed my baseball swing to Ken Griffey Jr. last week and he laughed at it and said that I look like shit being serious. Said my front foot wasn't good at timing. I had no backside turn, which I thought I did. And he broke down my swing to where my perception of my swing was good, but a professional Hall of Famer is telling me, and he's messing around a little bit, but he's like, yeah, you're not there. Sure. Well, Ken's Um, one of the best, right? I mean, that guy. But one of the things that bugs me about you the most, (laughs) that I don't like the most, is that you call me big guy. And I know that it's just something that you might call somebody that might be I, let, let's just be transparent about it. when I'm walking in public, I'm there's so many people out there that are way bigger than me. Sure. Bigger than me, whether they're sure. buffer than me. I don't know if you're calling that because I look like I have shoulders. I don't know if you're calling me that because you think I'm a fat ass. I don't know if you're calling me that because you think I'd be a lineman when I was a receiver. <laughs> okay. So one of the biggest things about that word that bugs me is that I don't want to be perceived as that. Gotcha. So perception really 
can mess with the mental psyche and fortitude of somebody. Yeah. When you say that, it breaks me down. I'm like, wait a minute. I just did a 40-inch box jump. I think that I'm an athlete, mm-hmm. but my perception is per people perceive me like this. I want you to break me down okay. of how you look at me. Okay. And I want everybody to know, not that I need you to be like, oh, Chad, you're a good athlete. I don't need that. I want honesty and transparency totally. of why you call me a big guy because okay. it pisses me off. <laughs> I guess it hurts me more than pisses gotcha. me off. Gotcha. Um, and then break me down of like what you see, what my improvements need to be. I know where I need to improve with my intake sure. of calories or alcohol consumption. But I also know that uh, some of that's not realistic because when I go to Talladega next week, I might have some drinks at Talladega Racetrack. I'd be crazy not to plan that. Totally. I'm not going to be able to say no. Totally. But I'm not going to snort Coke. I'm not going to smoke weed. I've never touched a cigarette. I don't, I've never done a drug in my life except yeah. what you would call caffeine or alcohol. I guess, right. Right. Or prescription drugs that I've had for my asthma or whatever. Yeah. How do you break me down or analyze me as a client gotcha. coming into your gym? Okay. First and foremost, I, I try to be totally honest with anybody. So, so I'm not going to float your boat here, Chad. No, I know. I just want to know. Number two, to me, big guy is a term of endearment. So has nothing to do with your size or what I see on you. I say that to half my kids, so it's more habit than anything. So, so to me, big guy is buddy. So, so it has nothing to do with okay, your see, size. Okay, see, I didn't know and, that because when I was yep. at my last gym, yep. you know, my last gym closed down. Yeah. I worked out with people that were smaller than me, that they were in their 70s and were kind of on that downward. And I was re- I was referred to as the big guy. Gotcha. And I would look at him like, dude, what do you call me a big guy? Well, am I really a big a big guy? Like, yeah. am I considered a big guy physically? I never was my whole life. So now at this point, I'm like, I wonder if Rob what means that I'm that? a big guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't get it. No, no. I it, To me, it's a term of endearment. So it has nothing to do with size or... And, and I've gotten... I've thrown out the wrong word sometimes to women, you know, more so than guys where I'm like, oh, that that came out wrong. You know, I was not a take on them at all. It was just what I said, you know. So, no, it's just. Are you saying that I'm trying to get with my feelings too much, Rob? (laughs) It's possible. possible. We'll we'll talk after the podcast. Um, In terms, you know what, Chad, I think we're all athletes. So, so I'll get to you here in a second, but, but I train, I actually had a lady two weeks ago who's like, well, I just was on your site. She's 60, wants to get in shape. And, and I was out of town. And so I, when I called her back, she's like, ah, well, I actually looked at your website and it's not for me. And I go, let me just tell you something. I go, I go to me, everybody's got to learn to move. The bottom line is we're all athletes, Uh, you know, whether you're just playing in the athlete, uh, the, the game of life or it's your job that you gotta be a little athletic with, you know, moving stuff, lifting, carrying, that's that's all athletics. You know, whether you are an athlete, there's certain things you gotta work on, whether it's strength, speed, agility, coordination, right? We all need that. Shit, one of the first things that goes is balance in people, right? So uh, We're gonna get to that, because that's and, important. And when somebody loses their balance, guess what? And they're 60 and they fall over, all of a sudden break a hip, they're, it's yeah. the downroll, downhill spiral that they're screwed. So. I think everybody's an athlete. Are you athletic? Very. There's a few things I want to change with you, just no different than Ken Griffey Jr., right? I, I look at you and go, okay, if you want to be faster, we're going to change how we work on your footwork. Could we be a little more agile? Who couldn't? So in terms of your strength, Chad, your your strength is great. One of the problems that I see is just you've lost some mobility with your strength. And so that ends up being hard on the joints. And so when I look at you, I'm trying to create you to be able to hunt till you're 75, right? So I want you to feel better, 
move better, and I don't know that you need any more strength. So, so sometimes, as an athlete, strength might be the main thing if you're a football guy. But for a lot of them, if they don't move very well, who cares how strong you are? If you can't get to the spot that you need to be in and you're strong as shit, that doesn't matter. You're sitting on the bench. So, again, when I look at you, you're very explosive, almost too explosive. we got to watch certain things there because I think – since you don't have some of that joint range of motion, I worry, man, he could tweak something here. So, so I hold you back on certain things. So does that make sense in terms of, of that? I, I'm looking at you from a, from a longevity standpoint. I want your muscles to be a little bit more pliable, your joint range to be a little bit better. Your strength is, is everywhere it needs to be. If anything, we're, we're toning that back just a little bit to give you more strength endurance. So that's kind of how I look at you. And I'm I'm breaking you down. If you saw 10 different guys, you might get 10 different opinions. Now, this is just my opinion from my 35 years of experience where I think it'll help you the most in your endeavor. Okay. So, aesthetically. Is that okay, you, big guy? Yes. Yeah, okay, big guy. Perfect. So, if you aesthetically, when you look at me, um, I want to lose inches in certain parts of my body. Okay. I want you to educate the audience on you can't pick where you lose inches unless you go in for an operation. Not a chance. Okay, you can go for lipo, right, and get some shit taken out of your belly or whatever. And, and that may not fully work, right? But people, like, look at their belly or they look at their double chin or they look yeah. at their love handle. And they're like, I'm going to go on a diet because I want to lose all this. And then yeah. here we are three months down the line and none of this has gone away. But you might have lost some in your chest. You totally. might have lost some in your legs and your waist. Um Knowing my body type and mm -hmm. how you seen me, how you see me work out and mm -hmm. and and get in this regimen, what would be a realistic goal of a time frame of seeing results? Because okay. a lot of people are result driven. Is my point. Yep. And a lot yep. of people don't see them soon enough in this world of self gratification or instant gratification instant. that we yep. live in. Yep. Totally. You want to see happiness? You look at Instagram. Everybody's totally. happy. Totally. Everybody's got a filter. Everybody, right. Nobody has zits anymore. Right. Right. Everybody's tan. And right. it's a bunch of bullshit. 75 pictures to get one. Yeah. yeah. So what is a realistic goal of somebody when they say, I'm going to get, because a lot of people are like, I'm going on this fad diet. I'm not going to eat any carbs for six months. That's good. But are you going to be able to maintain that for totally. six years and never eat lasagna again or spaghetti or totally. popcorn or boom? No. Totally. And as soon as you start eating that way again, it all comes back if you don't change yep. your lifestyle and work out and you get moving. You got it. So what's realistic <laughs> for a guy like me? Because you know that I party. Yep. You know that I travel. Yep. You know that I work out hard. Yep. You know that I eat. You know that I cook. You know that boom, 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 boom. Yep. What is realistic? Are you going to see results in, in a week? No, not a chance. Now, it's pretty interesting, though, when, when we talk general population – I have them try and really focus on the little things. So so I will get people, Chad, who haven't done anything for a while. And after 10 days, they're sleeping better. They feel better. They're more productive. Now, for you, maybe not because you know what you have what you felt like before. But for some of these people, when they first come in, I have them dial into those. Because I'm like, those are four things or three or four things that are legitimately real. If that starts to change, then your body's going to change next. It takes our bodies a while to change, right? We don't gain 10 pounds in three weeks, usually. I mean, unless you're just on a binger, right? So what are the chances you're going to take it off in three weeks? Um, I would throw that back at you, Chad. Where do you feel your best weight-wise? So, so do you want to lose, you know, in your head, is it 10 pounds? Is it, is it 12 pounds? Is it 15? Where, where, where do you want to be weight-wise? 
like how much do I want to lose or what? How yeah. much do I want to weigh? How much? How much? Yeah. Where did you feel your best I, weight wise? I would love to be right now two hundred and five pounds. Okay. I would love to be a light heavyweight if I was going to weigh in for a UFC okay. fight. And where are you at? Probably two twenty four, two twenty five. Okay, so twenty pounds. Yes, is that twenty doable? pounds? Yes, it's going to take a little while, right? What? What? When was the last time you were two hundred five? You son of a bitch. I just just checking, just asking. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2016. Okay, so it's been a little while. It's been six years. Now, here's what I would say. I but know I, will, you have, I want to add this in before yep. you give me your answer. Yep. You're the only one that's ever come close to guessing my weight. When I asked you like the first two or three times in your gym, mm-hmm. and I said, where do you think I'm at? And you were within three pounds, five pounds. I usually do pretty good there. Most I can usually people, get mo- body fat pretty good Most too. people tell me I'm, I'd say 205, 210, the way that I present myself and the way gotcha. that I walk around. Gotcha. I don't have any of those dad shirts that they're really yep. selling now that make yep. you look. But most people, being honest, guess me at that weight. Now, with that being said, I do, I'm very honest with you about my DEXA scans and that I was mm-hmm. 23% yep. body fat. Yep. When I come to, when I come to, you know, and hang out with people and I tell them that, I'm thinking their reaction is going to be like, God damn, that's high. But in reality, a lot of these guys that I look at that look like they're way better shaped than me are, are more body fat than that or yep. not very much less than that. Yep. So I'm like, all right, that's not bad. I live this lifestyle yep. and I'm, I'm at 23% body fat on a DEXA scan, which you can't get more legit than that Correct. to go into that scanner. So Correct. talk to me about, you know, expectations of me getting down that 20 pounds and, you know, how much body fat can I lose at this stage in my life? Oh. With, you know, with, and totally. can, I, can I get the 15%? Totally. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. So I think where most people go wrong, Chad, so let's just take you for an example, right? Six years. So many people come in and go, I want to get back to 185. They're 205. Same, same example, right? Well, when was the last time you were there? 10 years. Don't expect it to happen in, in three months, right? The only way you're going to go that way is if you starve yourself. And that, you're going to lose muscle, you're going to lose your bone density, you're going to lose your strength, and it's not healthy, right? So so I'm realistic. Again, let's be realistic. Let's do it the right way so it lasts. So for you, Chad, are you going to lose any weight in your legs? Not a chance. Are you going to lose any weight in your upper body? A little bit. We want to lose it in our in our stomach area, right? You and me carry it. If we're putting on extra weight, it's in our gut, yep. period. And that's probably... 85% of the guys out there, right? Yeah. Can we spot reduce? No. But over the course of time, we're going to lose weight from the stomach. We may not see it there first, but that's not where it went first. So for you, example, Chad, when you walk in and you start looking better, I see it in your face, right? So right away, you start losing it from your face. You're like, you're going in the right direction. Now, going back to your question, could we get there? Oh, yeah. Could we get to 15% body fat? Yeah, it gets tougher as we age because that chart changes and our bodies retain a little bit more. But 15% at your age is is doable for sure. Now, we got we to gotta go back to our lifestyle, right? We, we got to do the right things more often than we're not to get there. But but I think, Chad, honestly, if, if you and I, if you weren't going to be on the road for 10 weeks, which might be a pretty big stretch for you, right? You're high stress. So we got to work on that a little bit. We got to get good sleep. But if we did things for 10 weeks, I, I'm pretty damn sure we'd get you down eight, between 8 and 12 pounds, probably right around 10. 
and probably drop your body fat by four or five percent. Now, that's pretty damn close to where we want to be, right? You're going to feel a whole lot different, five or 10 pounds different, right? I mean, you're going to notice that. And then no matter who I have, if they start to see that changes, that's enough to motivate them to keep going, right? So age is just a excuse. We've got to change our lifestyle. We've got to do things right. We've got to get on to a routine, a consistent plan. And that's one of the harder things for you because of what you do work-wise, right? So, so if, if you're an athlete, you're going the other way because everything you're doing is, is geared towards, I got I to gotta perform, I got to do this job. So I've got to be good 90% of the time. I can only screw up 10% of the time. Yeah, and that's... Did I answer your question? Yeah, 100%. And I think that, you know, I want to be that guy that mm-hmm. that says, I'm going to stop traveling and I'm going to do this. And then something comes up. Sure. And I'm getting better at FOMO, but I also understand that I can't do what I do from sitting where we're sitting right now. No, no. Some things I can. But, but um, in the big scheme of things or the big picture, I... I have to be out there. I have to be totally. participating. Um, yep. But that doesn't mean that I have to drink eight drinks instead of two. Correct. That doesn't mean that I have to have two portions instead of one and a half. Yep. Portion control is huge for me. I'm yep. very good at it. You saw me eat lunch today. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how, that's how I eat when I'm home. Perfect. Okay, that's clean. Yep. A bowl of soup with no noodles. Perfect. Right. I can't. There's nothing to, nothing to critique there, there's right? There's some sodium in there. Sure. But it was all Who protein cares? and complex carbohydrates. Who cares? So, yep. but, but you could ask Jan or my brother. They're always like, I eat pretty, pretty clean when I'm here. I get out on the road and you get out of your routine. Yep. A lot of times I still eat kind of clean, but there are those, those early morning convenience store stops. Yep. I remember 100% vividly less than a month ago we were hunting snow geese and I had two mornings of Casey's pizza, breakfast pizza. Mm-hmm. We don't have Casey's out here. Yep. It's the only two days of the year that I'll eat it. Right the only on. two days of the year I did it. I gave in and I said, I'll just get with Rob and work this off when I get there. Yeah. And then another trip came up and then another meal came up. Yeah. And then this came up and then another guy wanted me to have a cocktail with him. Yeah. And re- realistically, I want to say, yes, let's take 10 weeks and get there because I know what it's going to do for me. Not just aesthetically or vein wise, vanity wise, but it's going to make me feel better about myself. And the better I feel yeah. about myself the more confidence I have going into any negotiation totally. or anything that I'm going to film or whatever. Yep. And performance. Um, your performance. And performance. Yep. And again, going back to your your um, your comment about us being our biggest critics, I want you to talk about at this, and I try to talk to Jack and other people. Um, Jack, you got your headphones off to where you can hear me? What was the question that I posed to you and Eli a couple weeks ago that you teased me on? What do you do to push yourself? No, it's not how I worded it. <laughs> I said, what do you do to keep the what on? Pressure on? Yeah. So I try to teach these guys about, about keeping the pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. And that you don't have to stress yourself out. But as a man and a woman in the world, I want to be able to keep the pressure on myself, mm-hmm. create thresholds for myself to overcome. Mm-hmm. I want to have daily task lists so I have short-term, mid-range, and long-term goals that I cross off and see myself executing and accomplishing. Totally. Short-term accomplishment could breed more confidence and, and uh, short-term accomplishment mm-hmm. can breed more long-term confidence. Is yeah. like, hey, I did that. I got my tasks done. Well, totally. I procrastinated on this one, but I moved yep. it over to this day and I got it done on Tuesday instead of Monday. Yep. 
keeping the pressure on yourself, holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. I think that a, a lot of us think that we do that. A lot of us want to do that. Yep. But I think a very small part of the population actually understand what keeping the pressure on means. What e- What is a threshold even? Like, how do I get, like when I do, when I do swimming, if I can get past the first two laps, I can swim 20 laps. Yeah. If I go jogging, if I can get past the first three quarters of a mile, I can run five miles. That's, but, that's never worked for me. But, no, but, yeah. but, but I've always got past that. If you totally. get past the threshold, you can get past. You can get, so I, talk to me a little mindset. bit, Rob, about mindset, yeah. confidence, goals, short-term goals, and what we mean by keeping the pressure on yourself. Totally. Let me back up really quick, though, and just tell you, Chad, and I don't travel a lot, but if I take a five-day trip, I'm probably putting on five pounds. Because shit changes, right? I mean, travel's hard. The airport food sucks, so I'll bring a little bit of food. But but at some point, you're going to stop and have something. I eat more because I can't bring it home. So so I eat like you do. Your lunch, I, I had a little bit more than you did today. But a lot of times, if I go out somewhere, they give me too much food. So I bring some home. It may not be the best choice of food. You know, I'm going to have some fries. Forget I love fries. Might have a beer. Why not? But I'm gonna eat different on the road. So on the road, I'll come back five pounds heavy. And so I, it takes me seven to ten days to go. Okay, back to normal, back to routine, get it back down to where it's supposed to be. So I mean, you know, if you're traveling a lot, that's hard. I, I don't know how. I don't know how some of the guys do the business travel coast to coast and not put on the weight. So they're they're pretty good. Um, I 100% agree with you, Chad. We are we are goal driven people. And, and really um, having an athletic background like you do. Um, I have a semi-athletic background. I think, I think athletes tend to be better with that because they've been, they've been given goals their whole life. They've been put to standards by their coaches. They've been challenged. And, and I think you're right. We need to do that to ourselves. I, I do that to myself. I want to be the best trainer I can be at 53. Yeah. Do I have Arnie size pipes? No. But in terms of my education, I'm trying to always educate myself to help people out. I, I, you know, I I used to, there were a couple of kids at the gym and they looked at me like, the fuck do you know? You don't have big old biceps. I'm like, all right, I'm just telling you, you're doing it wrong. You're going to tweak your back, but you know, I don't know shit. So keep doing what you're doing. And in 10 years, when you need some rehab, you'll probably look me up. So I think I'm the same as you. I want to keep the pressure on. I want to grow my business. I don't look at retiring anytime soon. I like to help people out. I want to stay on my A game. And part of that is being in shape and moving and challenging myself. So I think I think mindset's huge. I think people who work out do a better job of that. You know, the people who are goal-oriented find a time to get it in. You know, they plan their schedule around when can I work out? Or I got to get up from my desk and go for a walk so I can come back to that meeting and I'm refreshed and ready to go. I know what I'm going to, I'm going to be on my game. You know, they're just not sitting there lethargic, falling asleep in their chair. Um, I think, and so when you talk about that with our fitness stuff, we need to ask the client what their goals are. What do they want to get to? And then, and then set them up with a plan. Give them some short-term goals and long-term goals. I try and do that. I don't write all my stuff down. You've seen it, Chad. But but I try and, depending on the client, give them what they need. And I, I, I think you're right on it with the goal ch- goal challenging. And when you start talking about goals and thresholds and, and keeping the pressure on, and we talked about it a minute about food, something's better than nothing in a lot of the cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
how true is that with working out? If I can't get in and do a full 60-minute interval workout where my heart rate's going to 160 and then coming back to 125 and then some of it's staying in that fat-burning zone of totally. 143 on a cardio session or whatever, maybe a 15-, 20-minute cardio session, yep. how important is it to walk to the mailbox and get moving and put your do some box squats or do some just just body squats and, yep. and keep in good form and yep. – and, 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 you know, breathing, getting in there and getting some lung uh, expansion. Lung function. How, yeah. how, how important is something? And this is for people that might not know how to get started. Yeah. But like they're sitting on their couch and they're a gamer or they're like, hey, I, you know, I stayed in tonight and I had that TV dinner and I had that ice cream on top of it. If you do that, something physical is better than nothing at all. Obviously, yeah. the answer is, of course it is. Yeah, but a course. lot of people go, well, you know, walking to the mailbox ain't going to help me none. Just getting over and doing 20 squats with my body weight, yes, it is going to help you. Totally. In a lot more ways than one. Totally. I would rather see, and honestly, I mean, when I was growing up, I spent two hours in the gym. But I look back at those workouts, Chad, I could have got them done in 40, 45 minutes. I was, you know, it was do a set, hang out for two minutes. Do a set, hang out for two minutes. I could do the same workout in 20 minutes. And, and what I tell my clients is 20 minutes of effective, picking the right exercises, doing it right, and, and being focused and, and in that moment is huge. You don't have to do an hour. Right. But like you said, it, just starting somewhere. For some people, walking to the mailbox, getting up and, and learning how to get in and out of their chair is going to make them stronger. Some of these people barely break a, a, a knee bend and then collapse into their recliner. You know, so it's like uh, try using your legs and getting some strength there. And all of a sudden now you're going to feel better because you know how to get up and down from the chair. I mean, just that is a big thing. Right. So there's there's your squats right there. People are like, well, my doc said I shouldn't squat lunch. Let me see how you're doing it, because squatting is how you get up and off the toilet every day. You squat down to get down there and you get up. You know, that's that's an activity of daily living. That's just something you need to learn to do. And those people who fall into their chairs are often the ones who you know, we'll take a funny step and go down. Right. So, and I think no, a big part anything of anything is good. Anything is good and not comparing yourself to other people. Again, in a world yeah. of social media where you could scroll for days yeah. and see this girl jump roping this fast. I look at these jump ropers. I'm like, I want to get to that level. I want to learn how to jump rope better. I'm happy going a minute with you. Yeah. These people are, are doing shit that I'm like, Oh, that's better than Mike Tyson kind of stuff. Like jump roping's come a long way. Yeah. But I got to be realistic, right? I can't compare myself to the athlete, even though I got a story for you about vertical jump and these athletes in this MMA gym down in San Diego. Gotcha, gotcha. They, they saw me setting it up. You know, it was yeah, an actual. Yeah. It was. You oh, know, I got Vertec. The stick yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they yeah. called? Vertec. Vertec. I was yeah. setting it up, and I got the st the rod, and I was putting them all together, and I got down with no step, and freaking got up there, and the guy's like. Did you oh, just yeah. hit that one? I'm yeah, like, you, yeah. Can, you can jump. And so he comes over there, and he takes a step, and can't even get within like six of the sticks or seven of yeah, the sticks. Yeah, and. I want the, the. I'm saying that to say this is that you can't compare yourself to other people if you know when it comes to seeing results or when it comes to performance. Of course, I wish I could run a six three five sixty right now. Yeah. My fastest ever was a six five nine. Right, right. But I wanted to be the fastest I could. It yep. just wasn't in the cards. Well, and and shit's changed, Chad. In yeah, twenty years, changed. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, when I was going to school, I didn't know any of this stuff, and and and. I thought the only way for me to be on the field more was to get stronger. So I spent all my time on the weights. Looking back now, I'm like, man, if I would have had some of this running technique stuff, I know I could have been faster, and I probably would have played more 100%. because, you know, so so the, when people are like, oh, you're either born fast or not, 
bullshit. You can, it's trainable. Oh, Everything's yeah. trainable. So stuff has changed, right? A hundred percent. And I mean, I increased my speed going to college and doing drills that were different than the high school deadlifts yep. and the stuff that I was concentrating on to win the big weightlifting competition here. Yep. They, they, yep. I'm not going to say any names, but we won it every year that we were, our school won it every year. Yep. Every year yep. we won it. But I was like, dude, my hamstrings are tighter than shit. And <laughs> right. like my right. upper body is tighter than hell. Um, when you start talking about comparing yourself to other people and you look at what other people can do, this is one of the things that keeps me going to the point to where I watch people that are my age, mm -hmm. my lifestyle or somewhere comparable to my lifestyle. And I keep up pretty good with them as far mm -hmm. as being able to achieve different things in the gym or running bleachers or pumping my arms and getting into a sprint mode or stuff um, like the NFL drill or whatever that drill we were doing yep. back and forth. Five, ten, five. Yep. You know, I want to, I want to commit to that to where I want to get as fast as I can without pulling a groin, without yep. killing it, pulling a hamstring and getting a time to where it's going to surprise you. Like, Oh, well, that's pretty good freaking time. Mm -hmm. right, I want to be that guy yep. that I want to, I, but I don't want to compare myself to Deion Sanders on that drill. Right. Right. Exactly. But it's hard not to, as a human being. It's sure. hard to not want to be the prettiest girl based on what you see on TV or what you see on social media. Or I want a better dad bod because this guy, well, Brad Pitt's got an unbelievable. Well, that guy's got a nutritionist <laughs> with him 24 hours a day. He's got a, a trainer 24 hours a day. Right. We got to take into consideration a lot of this. You're right. What right. would you tell somebody about self-preservation as far as keeping in your lane and understanding that there's that you you are who you are you can't mm -hmm. compare yourself to the uh, nobody else in the world mm -hmm. just because this guy got a bigger contract than you you got to do what you were put on this earth to do and maintain that is it journaling is it writing things down in your opinion what are some of the hints that you could give somebody to stay mm -hmm. on task because if i know that i was 123 last week 123 uh rotations on a jump rope gotcha. or revolutions with a jump rope. I don't want to compare that to the 400 that this chick on Instagram did. Right. I want to know that my 123 was improved on this week with 135. Right. So is it journaling? Is it writing things down? How can we as human beings get out of this mode? Because I'm telling you, Rob, a lot of people are in this mode of comparing mm -hmm. themselves to other people. Yeah. Everybody's living their best lives out there. Right. I don't want to go down that you know, trolling or whatever they call that thing where you're always swiping and, yeah. and looking at other people's lives. Yeah. How do we, how do you do, do this in a world of these young athletes that want to be the next number one draft pick? They want to be the next Olympian. They want to be the next state champion or regional champion. You got to give them something to build on yeah. to where they're not comparing themselves to somebody that might be out of their league. Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. I, 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 everybody I mean, compares honestly, themselves all the time. I, yep, and I tell I tell all my clients because you're right. We are, and probably North America is the worst. You've you've traveled more than I have, but jealousy and envy. North America is the worst. I mean, we want it now. We 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 want it yesterday. We want to take the pill. We we don't want to work for it. And you know as well as I do, anybody who you've been around, anybody who's successful has worked their ass off to get there. I don't care who they are. There there are no shortcuts. So my biggest thing whenever I sit down with somebody is to educate them. Everybody learns differently, right? Some are visual, some are some some need to do it to get it. So I try and figure out what's best for that person. Some people might journaling might be the way. 
I don't journal much because I've got a pretty good memory, so I, I know where I want to be. What I try and do with them, Chad, is is keep them focused because I think I think what that does is really deters them from where they're at. And so one of my sayings, and you've probably heard me say it, do the little things. And that's all about routine, consistently, because it's the little things done right over time that make a big difference. I don't care who you are. And so what I try and get my young athletes, I'm like, okay, are you foam rolling? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? You know, so we're working on the details, but I'm trying not to get them so focused on the minutia bullshit that it takes away from the reality of those little things that are going to make some tangible, real, you know, strive marks or, or goals down the road for them. So I think that's the biggest thing is just getting them back to reality. And when they're in the gym with me for that hour, it's all about, hey, what can you do to make yourself better in this time? And yeah, put your freaking phone down because right now it's about you and your time. This is when you get to breathe and you get to, you know, de-stress and feel better and get some blood moving. But certain people are going to pick up that phone right after. You saw me the last three workouts, I don't bring the phone in the gym anymore. And I've, right. and I've disciplined myself yep. to get away from the world and focus yep. and not worry about a phone call that might could be returned right. 15 right. minutes later instead of right now. It's, it's something funny we talked about. So one of my clients had thrown something out the other day and, and they were listening to a psychologist. I don't know who it was. And the person was like, live in the moment. And, and it's true because we're all planning, right? You're planning what you're doing next week and you're planning this. I'm planning it. I asked my wife, I go, how many days do you go into work? And you're like, okay, I got to get A, B, and C done. And you get there and you get the freaking emergency email. And now you got to address that and put that fire out. And you're going, well, A, B, and C are moved to Tuesday because this has to happen now. So there's certain times where that shit has to happen, right? One of the, one of the better things I heard from a guy is like, don't check your emails you may be different than me. I'm not. I don't get emergency emails. Don't check your emails till two o'clock because it's going to take you down the wrong road. So for me, it works out great. I don't have to, you know, check my emails. I don't have to do any of that stuff until two o'clock when I get a nice little break. And then I can check it and see if I have to deal with it right away or if I can put it into my schedule. But that keeps me on task for the morning. And Maybe in your job you can't do that, but that's why we I, I talk think, about. I, I think that going to work out early. Unless you're a doctor on call or a homicide detective on call, yeah, everybody can do it. Because how in the hell did my dad and my mom or my grandpa survive back in the day right. when nobody could get a hold of them for eight hour workday? Totally, you could call the job site totally. and hope that the foreman was in the trailer to go yep. out and find my dad yep. Yep. and come back. And, Agree. And, um, Agree. So we can all do it. I don't care who you are. I mean, I have a hectic lifestyle, yep. but if you sit down and think like, okay, while well, I was in the gym today, I looked at my phone seven times and there was 19 text messages and not one of them was urgent. Yep. All of them could have waited. Uh, there was nothing that was putting my mind of like, I got to get to this now. Mm-hmm. It's like this, it's like a drug. If I'm not on it, I feel like I'm, th- that is what society has taught us. Totally. If we're not scrolling, totally. if we're not becoming You're envious missing of somebody, something and it's, yeah, such and, bullshit. And it's, it's bullshit. And I, th- and I think that one of the biggest things that we can do to ourselves is discipline ourselves and train our minds that you test yourself, do this for s- seven days in a row, or just yep. let's start with yep. four days. Yep. Start with four days to where you wake up and don't touch your phone for the first 60 minutes of daylight or the first 60 minutes of your eyes being open. Yep. See if you can do it. 
See if you have the mental capacity and discipline not to touch your apparatus, iPad, phone, tablet, TV, news, anything yep. for 60 minutes, except yep. a coffee cup, fresh air, yep. and maybe your dog. Yep. And maybe the serenity of a waterfall or something if you're best, lucky to have one in your backyard. Best freaking day ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, just test yourself. Right. Because I promise you, nothing in the world's going to change. Nope. If somebody needs to get a hold of you, they're going to get a hold of you. Yep. Now, people are like, well, my daughter's at school, and what if she has an asthma attack? My son's at the school. Really? I went to school every single freaking day of my life. Totally. Grew up in not the safest neighborhood. Totally. Mom and dad worked their ass and off. And you probably walked to school, and you, it was all good. I walked down to a freaking brick deal that most people wouldn't allow their kids to be by now. Yep. That was our bus stop. Yep. And stood on the side of an old highway while we waited for the bus to come with lots of cars. We didn't know who we were going by. Yep. I grew up fine. Yep. Now, again, I'm not saying don't worry about your kids. I'm not saying don't worry about your job. I'm not saying don't worry about your responsibilities. Just test yourself. Yep. Nothing's going to change. No. Nothing is going to go, no. Nope. Uh, you lost this deal, Mr. Belding, or Rob, you're not, yep. uh, you just lost nine clients because you didn't answer your phone in the first <laughs> 60 minutes. Nothing's going to change. Nope. But we've been conditioned. Yep to think that we need to be on call all the time. Totally. We've been conditioned to think that we need to keep up with everybody all the time. Most people that are on social media have no other, what am I trying to say? They have no other ability but to become jealous, envious, and want somebody else's life mm -hmm. and to think lesser of who they are. Yeah. No matter how good you have it, social media is breeding us to think that we need to keep up with the Joneses more and more. I've heard people yeah. in the recording industry have to get off of social media because they were watching all these other people that were in the same industry get bigger deals, sell more tickets, sell more albums, sell have more streams on Spotify. That all it did is make them get out of their lane and think about what everybody else is doing, right. and they lose what their conception is of why yeah. we're here. Rather than doing the little things that are going to get them, get them there. They concentrate on all this yep. shit. Totally. I challenge people. Totally. Because I challenge myself all the time, and it's hard. It, uh, no matter who you are, I talk to the biggest uh, Marines, Special Forces, snipers, a athletes, MMA fighters, and they're all like, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of swiping. Yeah. Do, do yourself a favor and listen to our podcast. I'm not telling you this, but out there, go find the episode that we just released a couple days ago with uh, world champion and four-time NCAA D1 wrestling champion from Cornell in four different weight divisions. He's been on the podcast several times, Mr. Kyle Dake. Go listen to this man's approach on life and thinking and your phone and what it's really doing to you if you really want to be a champion. And you don't have to be win a cup or win a belt buckle or win a trophy to be considered a champion. And I'm not saying that I advocate participation awards. I'm saying that there's a such thing as champions in life, champions in your day, winning your day, win the day, win against yourself every day, accomplish something every day. And if we do this and we get away from like, oh my God, I'm not as good as her or I'm not as good as him. And I'm not this, and I'm not that. I'm telling you, your your mindset becomes so much more healthy on just achieving the little short-term goals that I want to achieve in the gym, which we're going to end with this one. Okay. You mentioned the word balance. Yep. I want you to picture this of what I was doing in San Diego a couple weeks ago with a downhill skier that runs marathons, is an unbelievable skier downhill. I don't ski. Um and can get off a couch and run a marathon after not doing one for a year. That, that, that kind of crazy, you know, can run 26 miles without even training for it. Yeah. Might not win it, but he's going to finish it. Okay. With a BOSU ball, 
Okay, for everybody out there, a BOSU ball is a blue thing with a black flat end, and then the other side is a ball shape that's rounded off, and it's a rubber material, and it's made by a company called BOSU, B-O-S-U. So there's drills you can do by on both sides of that, okay, balance drills, core drills, all this stuff. I want you to picture this drill. It's ball side down, so the round side is on the floor. The black side, the flat side, that's a circle circumference, is pointing up to the ceiling. I'm standing on the flat part with the bald side down. Okay. I get in the middle and I adjust my feet to put my right foot right in the middle. Now I put my arms straight out in front of me and now everybody's picturing me. I'm on one leg standing on my right foot on the flat side of this BOSU ball. Okay, you picturing this, Rob? Yep, gotcha. Now I lean over at the waist. I do a hinge movement all the way down with my left leg in the air straight out the back of me. Okay. So it's straight out the back with my butt, my gluteus maximus, my left ass cheek flexed. Yeah. My arms are still straight out, and I'm bending down to the ground with my right leg staying straight with my, my hamstring flexed. Okay. Does, that, does that position make sense to you? Yep. yep. So now I'm balancing, using my core. The other dude couldn't come close to even getting his left foot three inches off of the ground going backwards without falling off of the ball. Is this something that you're not supposed to be able to do is it something that you have to train to get to can you train better balance through core strength because i did it on both legs and got in the position and did reps of 10 because they're like that's a fault that's a that's a fluke there's no way you could do that again i wasn't surprised i could do it because i've done it so many times but is that because i've had so many years of training even though aesthetically i might not be to where i'm at my body can still there's linemen that can freaking do shit that would blow your mind there's different people for different things but i want you to talk and in this conversation we'll come back with part two but i want to talk about how important balance is and like because you made the comment you get to be 70 you want to have good balance i want to be able to walk in the hills or a cornfield that's not that's not level and i want to be able to like step into a thing and catch myself and balance to where i'm not twisting an ankle or tearing a muscle or falling down and hurting my acl and my knee or whatever that position is very difficult to get in yeah i've been told by several people now yep why can i do that because I don't have this ungodly freaking gymnastic background or this, I'm not very, I'm like, I'm not flexible to where I can get in all these different weird positions. I'm not that guy. Why is that balance there? And why can some people do that? And some people can't, and I'm not saying raw, raw, I did it. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that none of them could do it. Gotcha. I thought everybody could do that. Yeah. Because we trained you to be a freaking athlete, Chad. Well, that's, I think that that's part of it. But well, balance so, balance is a difficult thing to for me to get used to because yeah. I can walk on a, like a straight rope and just be like in balance yep. on that thing, yep. right? Like not a hundred feet off the ground. I'm not saying I'm a daredevil, <laughs> but like balance is so important. Why why can't a lot of us balance? So some people are better at it than others, right? But, okay. But again, goes back to what we said earlier. Can it be trained? Without a doubt. You know, I get people, Chad, who come in week one and they can't do lunges without falling over. And part of that's just because maybe they don't have great strength, but part of it's they just haven't moved in a while, right? After two weeks, they can lunge just fine. They've already improved their balance. The runner scares me because a lot of times running is single leg. You know, you're you're only you only have one leg of support as a runner. So my guess is I don't know this guy, but I'm thinking really short stride. He doesn't leave the ground much, but I would think he's got some balance. Now, could he be a better runner if he trained his balance? Maybe a little bit. You know, that might be something that helps him. But but definitely, I think 
as you look at the program, there's always things to train, right? We talked about it earlier. Do we train strength, speed, core, agility, flexibility? I mean, you know, there's a lot to do. I think you should have a nice balance of, of all of those things. You want to have a good balance of all those uh, perspective things because they all lead to being a better athlete, being a better mover. So these guys, my guess, Chad, is probably just haven't done it. Sometimes you'll see people get on that BOSU and they can't even stand on that thing because it just gets going like a tidal wave and they just, they're all over the place. Couple weeks in, usually they can figure out how that thing's going to roll and their proprioceptors, their body figures it out and they kind of so roll with it. So that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So it's a lot of that's proprioception. And again, they're trained just by doing it. So, you know, just, just going on the single foot on the hard ground first, and then we add a pillow or, you know, close your eyes, add motion. There's a lot of different ways to, so to adjust I'm, I'm, as you I'm, go. That's where I want you to but, end with. But you're probably somebody who's always had good balance, and you've probably just maintained it because hunting takes a lot of balance, right? You get on some of these slopes that are, a, I don't know, a 30-degree slope, and you're on rocks and shit that's moving all the time. You've got to have balance if you're if you're out there hunting and, and climbing hills and, and you're in the snow or whatever. You, you better have balance or you're going to be in trouble. And I think that what you said, and we'll end it like this, Rob, and thanks for being here, is, again, that, that 60 minutes or 45 minutes of the morning, there's little things that you can do to, to kickstart fitness or the right mm-hmm. mental attitude, the RMA that, that I learned from so many people, you know, coming up in athletics. Um, you mentioned darkness, closing your eyes mm-hmm. so much different than balancing with your yeah. eyes open. Yeah. Stand on one foot tomorrow morning, everybody listening with your toothbrush in your dominant hand. I mean, in your non-dominant hand. So if you're a lefty, put it in your right hand. If you're a righty, put it in your left hand and then brush your teeth on one foot with your eyes closed. And I try to do it every day. <laughs> I try to do it every day. And some days I get it. And some days yeah. I start to fall over. Yeah. Then if you don't want to brush your teeth, just try to do the sobriety test with your eyes closed, standing on one foot and see what the difference is with having your eyes open. Start challenging yourself with little things like that. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, I said, feel the temperature of this water this morning. I said, this is my shower every day. As cold as you could get a shower. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking Lake Tahoe which, cold. Which was pretty cold today. And it's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I would never do that. Yeah. Why do you do that? And I said, because mentally it makes me you're, kick ass during the day. You're awake. <laughs> I said, I said take up. off your shoes and socks. And the first thing in the morning, if it's when it's cold outside, go stand on cold concrete. Mm-hmm. And let the earth radiate. Little things like this, Rob, have helped me. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm trying to be some Dalai Lama. Yeah. I'm sitting there telling you that I learned this by just saying I'm not going to put socks or shoes on or what these kids wear, Crocs. I'm anti-Croc. I don't like Crocs. I think it's lazy, man. I think that a lot of these shoes are bringing laziness yeah, in yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. But just go outside with no shoes on and let let the earth radiate your body mm-hmm. and dig in a little bit. Yeah. And I think that if people just started little like that, they could say, all right, not only can I not do it, but now I'm intrigued. I'm going to challenge myself to get to the point to where I can do it. Yeah. I'm going to end it by saying that person that was on that BOSU ball with me bought a BOSU ball to practice that every day because nice. it bugged this human being so much nice. that he could not do it that he went out and bought a BOSU ball nice. to train himself to do it. Yep. Well, and, and I just want to throw one thing out there. I love, I love the cold shower thing. I love the the cold feet thing. I I've I practiced it myself. I like the cold. I'm I do good with it, but it's just that Chad. I think I think we need to challenge ourselves more. We we are such a amazing animal 
that that adapts to all kinds of shit. And if we don't challenge ourselves, guess what? You, you might be the first to perish, you know, with with something, you know, little or whatever. If you challenge yourself all the time, your body's going to get stronger, better. Your mind is going to get stronger and better. And that's where I think a lot of people just lose it. You know? We get too comfortable. But, we yeah. we are so we are so comfortable in our lives mm-hmm. that yeah. we that we forget about what our bodies are capable of. Yep. The human body is truly amazing. Oh. The recovery. You. I mean, I've went on bingers in the Bahamas to where I thought there's no way that my body's ever going to come back, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going. And this old man that was 74, 75, one, and I'm going to end it with this story, real quick story. We were in Idaho, and he looked at me and said, you're going to amaze yourself daily of what your body can do and how it will recover. He goes, my body has blown me away mm-hmm. of the things I've put it through. And just from being a Vietnam vet to doing this, to yeah. being a boxer, to getting the shit kicked out of me, to, you know, to training, to, yeah. to doing tough mutters, to doing, to getting drunk and being hung over to doing, he goes, the human body, it will blow your mind of what it's capable of. Yeah. And a lot of us should have this mindset that why not get as much out of it as we yep. can and challenge ourselves every day. I don't want to just get comfortable in an 85 to 90 degree, 100 degree shower every morning and washing my body when I know what the results are of taking a five minute shower on ice cold. I, I, I go down into cryotherapy with Dan Henderson and get in that negative 240 mm-hmm. degrees or whatever it is and stand there for three minutes. And at 30 seconds, I'm ready to give up. Yeah. Go get in a garbage can and fill it with ice and water, a clean one, go buy a clean one and fill it with ice and water one morning and see if you could actually submerge your whole body into it. Yeah. And like the polar bear club and like, obviously check with your doctors and make sure that it's safe, but just little things that yeah. challenge us and set, set the day off can get your mind thinking of, Another short-term goal. I'm knocking that one off. Now I can get rid of five pounds. Now I can balance a little bit better. Now I can jump a little bit better. Now I can go shoot hoop. Because now this summer, I'm going to be able to keep up with my daughter and her friends in the pool. And I don't want to be sitting sideline for that. Right. I don't want to be in a position ever to where I can't participate. Totally. And and win the day and be a champion. That's Rob Canaster. Canister. I never can pronounce. (laughs) I'm terrible with names. Canaster. Canaster. Sorry, Sorry, it's not building. I just call everybody buddy. Hey, buddy. What's up, stud? They know that I forgot their name when I say it. Big guy. What's up, buddy? Yeah, big guy. Sierra, strength and speed. Just look into it. If you're in this area, go train with Rob. If you're not, figure out what it's going to take to get started. I'm telling you, I I don't know how people do it to where they can go idle for so long. I don't think they really want to. I think they're either scared, nervous. There's some laziness there. There's some comfort there. I, I think that all of us as a human being want to move. I think that we want to achieve. I think that we want to see results. And it, we're like Rob said, it takes hard work. You just, you can't look at anybody and, and ever assume, oh, they, they did this or they were born with this genetics. Even the biggest bodybuilders in the world that we know have done every steroid known to man have to spend countless hours in the gym to look like that. You don't just take a steroid and poof, look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It takes countless hours. I'm never going to say that they're a good idea. I'm simply saying that you cannot cut corners is taking a steroid cutting a corner 
in a way, you still have to do the hard work and you have to put the work in the gym and your recovery is going to be there. You're going to see different, you know, different size or different mass come on quicker. Maybe you are. I would tell anybody, stay away from it. I would say, do things natural. Be as natural as you probably can. And I'm sure that you would say that even when you saw the way that I reacted one day on a pre-workout, I said, I'm never taking pre-workout again because of the way it made me feel. Totally. So there's different ways around. There's different mindsets out there, but I don't think, and I'm going to end it by this, you can't replace hard work. Nope. Rob, thanks for being here. Thank you. This life ain't for everybody. Y'all check out the song, Leith Lofton. What you going to do when the money's all gone? Thank you, Jack Daniels. Thank you to all of our partners and sponsors. Thank you to all of our listeners, the downloads, the subscribers. We are growing like crazy. Check out brand new episodes of our sister podcast, The Foul Life, Where the Pavement Ends, American Upland Wing Shooting, and Jennifer and Anna's brand new one, 40 Years to Freedom. Thank you all so much for supporting our TV shows, our brands, and our podcast. Peace. We're all equal, that's what I think. I don't believe heaven has a bank. Make good use of your time on earth and don't make a dollar bill all this world. Cause I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without.